0: So, don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
1: President Biden addressed reporters today on a range of issues from Democrats' proposed spending bill to boosters and the border. As per usual, Biden offered a jumbled mess claptrap, bizarre claims, some malarkey, even a few outright lies. We'll take a look at what the president had to say in tonight's Hold the Line. Welcome to Hold the Line. I'm Buck Sexton. you got to be on the lookout for all those trillionaires. They're the ones that are really messing up the economy these days. They're the ones you got to be worried about. Biden spoke this morning to, I guess, reassure the American people that there's at least someone who's technically in charge of the United States government at this point. Is he particularly competent? No. Is he good at his job? No. But, you know, he shows up. He talks. Here you have him referring to the Current state of the economy, remember, it's the Biden economy at this point, isn't it? It's been Biden's economy since January. The trillionaires and billionaires are doing very, very well.
2: So they say it's not, you know, people, understandably, well, you know, it started off at six trillion. Now it's three point five trillion. Now it's is it going to be two point nine. It's going to be zero? Zero, because in the in that plan that I put forward and I said from the outset, I said, I'm running to change the dynamic of how the economy grows. I'm tired of trickle-down. The so Trillionaires and billionaires are doing very, very well. You all know, you've all reported
1: it. Yeah, that's what he's, trillionaires. A lot of those guys run around, but the class warfare rhetoric does well for Democrats. We all know that. Envy is unfortunately very successful in politics and blame-shifting and all the things that the left in this country excels at. But then let's take a moment to look at the latest on COVID, because I'm pretty sure, I remember, because it was, oh, that's right, a week ago, that there was a panel of experts who looked at the booster situation, booster shots for the vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine specifically, and we were told that, well, it wasn't going to happen for most people. You should only get it, for certain immunocompromised older individuals at substantial risk. That was a week ago. Now we got Biden telling us this. The booster shot is free and easily
2: accessible. Booster shots will be available in 80,000 locations, including over 40,000 pharmacies nationwide. So, my message today is this if you've got the Pfizer vaccine, if you've got the Pfizer, if the Pfizer vaccine in January, February, and March of this year, and you're over 65 years of age, go get the booster. Or if you're in a, have a medical condition like diabetes, or you're a frontline worker, like a healthcare worker or a teacher, you can get a free booster
1: now. Go get the booster. But hold on a week ago, they said only a very small subset of people should get the booster. How did this happen? Oh, the CDC overruled The CDC's panel, as in Rochelle Walensky, a political appointee, decided that the panel didn't know what it was doing or just wasn't correct. I don't know how you want to frame it. Here's the quote from the Washington Post. Earlier this morning, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky overruled her agency advisory panel by recommending boosters for people at risk of the coronavirus because of their jobs. It's an additional category of people beyond those the advisory panel had recommended for boosters which include nursing home residents, seniors, and younger people with pre-existing conditions. So yeah, that's a whole lot more folks than we were initially told about. That's a, a lot of people, millions and millions of them who are now supposed to get or advised to get boosters. Here's my concern, Right now, the booster shots are open to that category of people. I'm sure a lot of people who are beyond those categories are going to get them too. But if we do have vaccine failure rising into the winter months and cases rising simultaneously of COVID, it'll probably turn into recommended vaccines. And then it will probably turn into mandated if things continue to go badly in the winter. Let's hope that doesn't happen but that certainly would be within the pattern of what we have seen in the past. So this is a strange moment for the Biden presidency because we we were led to believe it was all about listening to the scientists. And they brought in scientists who said, you shouldn't give these boosters except in very specific circumstances. And then Biden's political appointee says, no, actually, we're going to give a whole lot more people the boosters. Wait, you mean they're making judgment calls that they're using their own decision-making authority, often with some... Political implications? Yeah. So that was a thing that Biden addressed today. And then there's also the crisis at the border, which seems to be dissipating in Del Rio, but reminder that the border is pretty much open all over the place, and that's not going to change anytime soon. Here is Biden on the treatment of Haitian migrants today.
0: Given what we saw at the border this week, have you failed in that promise, And this is happening under your watch. Do you take responsibility for the chaos that's unfolding?
2: Of course I take responsibility. I'm president, but it was horrible what to see, as you saw. To see people treated like they did, horses barely running them over, people being strapped, it's outrageous. I promise you those people will pay. They will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. There will be consequences. It's an embarrassment, but it's beyond an embarrassment. It's dangerous. It's wrong. It's wrong. It sends the wrong message around the world. It sends the wrong message at home. It's simply not who we are. He's an embarrassment.
1: And he's wrong. He's lying, actually. No one was strapping or whipping anybody. That didn't happen. The photographer, in fact, who took those photos, here's what he says about what he saw.
3: Some of the the Haitian men started running, running, trying to go around the horses. And that's kind of when the whole thing happened. He, I didn't ever see him whip anybody
4: with the thing. He was swinging it, um, but I didn't see him actually take, you know, whip someone with it. You know, so those, those, that's something that can be easily misconstrued um, when you're looking at a picture.
1: Nobody was whipped. Misconstrued. These are the things that the guy who was there who took the photos says. So it should be pretty clear, right? There's no need for people to continue to lie about this. Oh, but Kamala Harris went on the view and lied about it. Here she is.
0: First of all, I've been very clear about the images that you and I both saw of those law enforcement officials on horses i I, I was outraged by it i it was horrible and um and, and deeply troubling there's been now an investigation that is being conducted which i fully support and there needs to be consequence and accountability uh the human beings should not be treated that way and as we all know it also evoked images of some of the worst moments of our history where that kind of behavior has been used against the indigenous people of our country has been used against African Americans during times of slavery.
1: It's astonishing that they can be so dishonest about what happened here, but it's not surprising, is it? You know, you take a look at this and you realize they had a crisis, the Biden administration's a mess, the borders a catastrophe. So how do they seize the moral high ground by virtue signaling on a fabrication? a thing that did not occur, a figment of their imagination. That is what the Biden administration has been uh, relegated to, unfortunately. It's it's disturbing. Oh, and then there's even Mayorkas attacking his own employees for systemic racism. What was this? In the midst of meeting these challenges, we, our entire nation, saw horrifying images that do not reflect who we are, who we aspire to be, or the integrity and values of our truly heroic personnel in the Department of Homeland Security. The investigation into what occurred has not yet concluded. We know that those images painfully conjured up the worst elements of our nation's ongoing battle against systemic racism. Conjured up, what? They didn't do anything. No one was racist, didn't happen. Doesn't matter, still gonna talk about it. That's how Democrats operate. We'll be back with more on the border crisis and the left smearing of border patrol agents with Texas gubernatorial candidate, Alan West. But I want to tell you about a potential investment opportunity. You ever wanted to invest in real estate but didn't have the time to do it on your own? You didn't want to make rookie mistakes. I felt exactly the same way as you until about a year ago. I always loved the idea of real estate investment, but I didn't want to get involved in something without a guide along the way, especially in the early stages. That's when I met my friends at Done For Your Real Estate. They took all the guesswork out of it for me. They found me an awesome property. They rented it out for me right away. They manage the tenant for me, and now I get a check every month like clockwork. Don't wait another second to see if my buddies at Done For You Real Estate can do for you what they did for me. Visit doneforyoubuck.com to see how it works. Again, every step of the process from picking the city, the house, getting the loan, getting a tenant in place, management company will handle the whole thing for you. Go check it out. Go to doneforyoubuck.com. See what my friends can do for you. Again, that's doneforyoubuck.com to begin your real estate investment journey. The encampment in Del Rio, Texas, that once held as many as 15,000 Haitian migrants, has reportedly been cleared out. According to officials in Valverde County, only 225 migrants remain, all of whom are expected to be removed by the end of the day. While the issue in Del Rio may be abating, the wider issue of security on the southern border remains, with illegal migrant counters remaining, uh, encounters remaining at a 21-year high. Joining me now is the candidate for governor of Texas, Alan West. Alan, good to see you.
5: Good to be with you, Buck. Thanks so much.
1: Okay. So it looks like the administration moved pretty quickly to get this story off the front pages. What should we take away from the debacle of the last week or so?
5: Well, what we should take away is that first and foremost, the administration was lying to us, saying that these individuals would be transported back to Haiti. They uh, had the cursory flight of uh, a few that went back. And of course, we saw them throwing rocks and shoes at the airplane. And they also attacked agents on that plane. But for the most part, they've been loaded on buses. They have been uh, pushed deeper into the United States of America, where they will be once again uh, on the dole. And the uh, honest, everyday American taxpayers will have to be paying for them. And we already have indicators and intelligence that another caravan of Haitian migrants, illegal immigrants, is coming up toward the exact same place. And remember, it was about a month ago when we saw them opening a gate to let that first group of Haitian Uh, illegal immigrants across. And these are not people seeking asylum. They have been living in South America or Central America as refugees. And now they have transited all the way across all of this long, long bit of terrain. And now they're free in the United States of America.
1: Today, the photographer who took the infamous photo of the mounted Border Patrol agents stated he never saw them whipping anybody. What do you make of the fact the administration continues to smear law enforcement despite the fact the story was obviously false?
5: Well, that's what they have to do. This is all about the deflection from their failures, from the fact that they have implemented an open borders policy here uh, along the border of the state of Texas unconstitutionally. And so now they shifted the blame elsewhere. And I will tell you that without a doubt, I just came back from down being along the border. Uh, They don't have the support of the border patrol agents because they have seen themselves being thrown under the bus. And now this horse unit is uh, being dismantled. So- There are places along that border you can't take vehicles, you can't even take ATVs. The uh, mounted patrols are the best way to do it. And so now we have told the cartels and everyone there's going to be even more open area where we will not be able to patrol because we have dismantled this uh, mounted patrol.
1: What do you make of the Mayorkas DHS claiming that they don't have the actual numbers of how many of these migrants were led into the country versus how many were, were deported. I mean, is that, does that strike you as credible?
5: No, it does strike me as credible, but it strikes me as per, par, par for the course. We see the exact same thing when Tony Blinken is asked about Uh, Who are the people that have come over here from Afghanistan? How many special immigration visa holders are there as opposed to just anyone that got on the planes? Look, everything is going to plan for the left right now. They they see this as absolutely what they want to have happen, the destabilization of the United States of America, the undermining of the sovereignty of America and also the state of Texas. And when you look at H.R. 1, which will basically give illegal immigrants the ability to, to vote by next November 2022, uh, unless they can, uh, you know, hold on to to the filibuster up down Capitol Hill, things are going to, to their plan. And so the deception, the deceit, the lying, the hypocrisy is just par for the course from the progressive socialist left.
1: I mean, they say the border is not open, but given the complete breakdown in not just security at the border that we've seen, and we've talked about, Alan, many times on the show, but just the lack of political desire for interior enforcement, it seems like the Democrats are running what's actually a plan, that this is no longer a bug, but a feature of their immigration policy, which is effectively to change the long-term voting patterns of this country by changing the demographics of the country with a lot of people coming in illegally from the rest of the world. Is that, is that something that you see happening, and is that affecting the state of Texas?
5: Of course, I've seen that the entire time, that this was intentional, it's purposeful, the uh, implementation of an open borders agenda, uh, you know, violating the Constitution, and it is severely affecting Texas. We have a drug trafficking crisis, a human and sex trafficking crisis, as well as a public health crisis. What's even worse, Buck, uh, like I said, I was just down along the border uh, a couple of days ago, and many of the uh, Border Patrol checkpoints uh, that you would see normally operated and manned Are now empty, deserted. Why? Because we're pushing all of those resources down there to a uh, one-mile-wide zone right there in uh, Valverde County in Del Rio at that bridge. So we're telling everyone that it is wide open for you to come into the United States of America. You will not be deported. You will not be sent back. The ICE agents are not accepting anyone. So this is the fundamental transformation of the United States of America, as Barack Obama said back in 2008.
1: You're running against Governor Greg Abbott in the gubernatorial primary in Texas. What would a possible Alan West administration do? uh, What would you have done differently, and what would you do differently?
5: Well, I've already started a mission analysis with some uh, retired Army planners, and we're looking at how we can put six to 7,000 of the National Guard troops down there on the border to block these infiltration routes, because that's exactly what has happened, interdict those infiltration routes. We need to be able to give our law enforcement, especially our constitutional officers, which are sheriffs, the ability to arrest, detain, and deport individuals, as well as our National Guard, forces. We need to make sure that we are designating the cartels as transnational, narco-criminal terrorist organizations, because that's who they are. They're already working with Iran and Hezbollah and Hamas. And I think the most important thing is to create a border control zone that is under our command authority. Uh, we take operational control of the border patrol and ICE agents because they're not taking any direction from the federal government constitutionally. And we take that uh, that uh, responsibility over because no one is doing that. But also last and, and probably most uh, important, is these uh, NGOs, these non-governmental organizations, 501c3s, that are down here processing illegals and giving them bus tickets, plane tickets, and transporting them all over the place, revoke their licenses to operate here in the state of Texas.
1: Well, also want to ask you uh, real quick, Alan, before we we let you go, um, what about the people that have been left behind in Afghanistan? It feels like they've fallen out of the headlines. You're a veteran. And the Biden administration seems to be getting a pass in the media on the fact that there are Americans, I'm told American citizens and and some green card holders and in numbers that we still don't even know left behind. Are are you hearing from uh, some in the veteran community that this is going to be an issue that they're able to get more national attention for? What do you think's going on?
5: Well, it's still an issue, and especially for those uh, family members that have their loved ones still there. But how telling it is, Buck, that we have an administration that cares less about leaving Americans behind enemy lines in a uh, place like Afghanistan, but they're willing to open up our borders so that people from over 150 different countries can illegally come into the United States of America. That tells you everything you need to know about the progressive socialist left and the Biden administration.
1: Alan West, always good to see you, Alan. Thanks so much. My pleasure, but Negotiations have reportedly hit a deadlock for Democrats' $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill. Coming up, we'll talk to senior economic contributor at FreedomWorks, Stephen Moore, about the Democrats' proposed spending spree and the political impasse. Right now, though, I want to tell you about my friends at My Digital Money. The crypto market's really hot right now. Seems like everybody wants to get in on the action. There are so many currencies to choose from, whether it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, or any of the other dozens of digital tokens out there. It's not easy to get started. That's where My Digital Money comes in. It's an easy to use, self trading crypto IRA platform with top tier customer service. They'll answer your phone call and help you get started. So, if you've never traded crypto before, this is the company you need. This is the platform you should use. They can hook you up whenever you call with the best customer service in the business, and they'll speak to you honestly and treat you like a human, not just a number. Check them out at MyDigitalMoney.com. Again, that's MyDigitalMoney.com. We'll be right back with more. Hold the line. President Biden's $3.5 trillion spending spree is on its way to becoming a reality. Top Democrats in Congress say they've reached an agreement with the White House on the framework of how to pay for the massive bill, but moderates in the party are pushing back on the proposal. Senior economic contributor at FreedomWorks, Stephen Moore, joins me now to discuss. Stephen, thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. My pleasure. I I love this this framing of it where they act like it's going to be paid for as if there's someone who pays for it that aren't the American people. I mean, What is the Biden administration trying to pull here?
6: Well, the pay for is the debt ceiling increase. So they wanna massively increase our debt ceiling uh, by five or six trillion dollars, so they can, uh, you know, slip this um, bill under the debt ceiling. This will be the largest debt ceiling increase in the history of America. Uh, but no, this isn't paid for. You know, there was a, a major piece in the Wall Street Journal today that found that they're lying about the price tag of the bill. You know, it's 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 uh, what Donald Trump might call, might call fake accounting. They're saying that it's uh, 3.5 trillion. The Wall Street Journal estimates it's five to five and a half trillion. And by the way, they're not even done. The bill, by the way, just a few hours ago was released. The draft bill in the House is 2,500 pages long, and it has the biggest tax increase probably in American history. It has massive new spending. It is the Green New Deal. It's modern monetary theory. It's income redistribution. There's no growth. This is terrible for the economy, I believe, it were if it were to pass. And I think we can stop it. But if it were to pass, I believe it would cause quite an, a, a large financial crisis in this country.
1: We will not guarantee the entire $3.5 trillion investment, according to a Podesta here. It is time for Democrats to unite to find the way forward. You either receive both bills or neither, and the prospect of, of not receiving anything is unreasonable. It would signal a total and utter failure of our democratic duty and a reckless abdication of our responsibility. Uh, w- w- so it's all or nothing, apparently? Is that is that what Podesta is here trying to tell everybody?
6: Can't quite figure out what the Democratic strategy is right now. You know, they're, they're tied up in knots. You do have about, you know, 15 or 20 moderate Democrats who are in Republican districts uh, that are very fearful of voting for this bill. They believe rightly that if they vote for this bill, they will lose their seats in 2022. Uh, you've also got five or six uh, moderate Democrats in the Senate, including obviously, uh, Kristen Sinema of Arizona and Joe Manchin of West Virginia that are saying they can't, they're can't, they not gonna vote for the $3.5 trillion bill. So the Democrats have a lot of internal problems. Right now, I can guarantee you, the bill that, that was released today by the House uh, Ways and Means Committee, that will not have one single Republican vote in the House or
1: Senate. And here's Nancy Pelosi, by the way, on the $3.5 trillion. Here's what she says about it.
0: So it, it's, a, it's not about a, a price tag or anything. It's about values, not dollars.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's about dollars, Stephen. I'm pretty sure there's dollars involved. I did not
0: seen that one before. You
6: caught me. Uh, did she really say that? or did she Yeah. That up? All right you know, because the Democrats think everything's going to be free, right? Under this bill, your health care is going to be free. College is going to be free. Community college is going to be free. Pre-K, pre-K is going to be free. You know, prenatal care is going to be free. Your burial costs are going to be free. I mean, this is truly, as the New York Times called it, cradle to the grave government. It is big government socialism. And of course, if you're a big government socialist, you don't care what the price tag is. You just care about values, right? And so uh, I think never has Nancy Pelosi said anything anything truer than
1: that statement. I mean, just so I understand, for, for everyone at home, you know, we're, we're always competing. People who say, come on, this is too much money to spend. We're competing against almost like a government version of Santa Claus here, right? They're talking about you're, all the things you said. They're gonna get free this and free that. And a lot of people hear this, they go, I, I, I like free. Obviously this is the political game that's being played. Can, can you just lay out for us? I mean, you're a guy who lives his life looking at this stuff, understanding what the implications will be. What's the, what's the downside of spending 3.5 trillion dollars that people can feel, Steven, that, that's not just theoretical?
6: So remember, don't use the number three and a half trillion, that's five and a half trillion. Sorry, okay? five and a half trillion, a lot, right. right. Okay, so uh, I believe that first of all, they're gonna have to print a lot of money for this, right? And I, and I know that Nancy Pelosi says it's not do- about dollars, but it is about dollars. And if you print more money, okay, here's your quiz question, what do you get? You get inflation. more inflation, right? Yes. Now, obviously that put and people are already concerned about the inflation. If you think inflation at the grocery store and the gas pump is bad now, wait till they dump $4 trillion more dollars into the economy. Uh, so I, I believe that is a big problem, but also the taxes, I mean, the taxes on American small businesses, if you were to ask me, what is the single most dangerous thing about the bill? It is an assault on our small businesses. We, American small businesses would end up paying the highest taxes in the world. Uh, it, it also has this provision, for example, um, paid parental leave, and, and, uh, and so, and by the way, not just for um, like a sick kid or a sick spouse, if your next door neighbor gets sick, you can take a day off. I mean, you're gonna wreak havoc on our employers. There, people won't show up for work and they're still gonna have to be paid. Um, it expands the the welfare programs. It gets rid of what I think was one of the great uh, policy achievements. I, I played a small role in this back in 1996 to give you a sense of how old I am but we did welfare reform and it was bipartisan. It was signed by Bill Clinton. We required people to work or be looking for work or be in a training program to get these benefits. And we also put some time limits on it. We said, we're gonna re- we're going to have a safety net, but we're gonna make sure that you get, are, are moving back into the workforce and earning a paycheck, not a welfare check. This gets rid of all that. There's no welfare, re- there's no work requirements. There's no time limits. You can have people basically living on welfare. And that's exactly what we were trying to avoid Uh, 20 years ago. So I I can't say anything good about this bill. I I think it's the worst bill I've seen in the 30 years that I've been doing economic policy.
1: What do you think is the biggest mistake the Biden administration has made so far when it comes to the economy in the first year here?
6: Well, I think they've made the mistake of thinking that Americans want big government socialism. And Joe Biden has said, this is a bill that will transform America. I mean, he's not lying and, and he's telling the truth. This is a bill that will transform America. I think it'll make us look more like Argentina and Venezuela. Somebody's got to show me where big government welfare socialism has worked anywhere in the world. Somebody show me that. Because as I look at countries throughout the world, when they do this, you see revolution in the streets. You see people going hungry. You see the incomes of of the middle class decline. And by the way, this isn't a bill for the uh, for the working families of America. The big be- biggest beneficiaries of this are special interest groups. I can't tell you, if I'd have to, we'd have to spend an hour together to go over all the special interest loopholes they put in this bill and what we call earmarks for the people who, who helped elect Democrats. Here's just one. They want to make, uh, for the first time ever, they want to make union dues tax deductible. Gee, do you think that might be a sweetheart kiss to the union bosses who helped make this election possible?
1: I think it might be. Stephen, thanks so much, man. Appreciate you being with us.
6: Thanks for having me. Take care. A
1: lot of tears from AOC after she votes present on an effort to provide $1 billion in funding for Israel's Iron Dome. We have the video and analysis from the editor-in-chief of the Algamater, David Foon. when we come back. Right now, let's talk about coffee. I love coffee. You love coffee, too? Well, you should be getting the best coffee you can anywhere from our friends at Black Rifle. Black Rifle Coffee Company is a veteran-owned company that serve premium coffee to people who love America. They develop their coffee with the same mission focus they learned while serving our great nation. With every purchase you make, Black Rifle gives back. In 2020, they donated over 6 million cups of coffee to veteran, law enforcement, and first responder causes. Their high-quality coffee beans are imported all the way from Colombia and Brazil, and they carefully roast them at facilities here in the US. So look, you need some Black Rifle coffee, get some today. Go with the Black Rifle Coffee Club. When you join, your chosen brew is roasted, packaged, and shipped free to your door. You'll also get special discounts on roasts and gain access to exclusive products and much more. Purchase at blackriflecoffee.com buck and use code buck at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. We'll be right back.
4: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
0: Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The House overwhelmingly passed a standalone bill to provide $1 billion in funding for Israel's Iron Dome, the Jewish state's air defense system used to shoot down Hamas rockets. With only nine House members, including eight far left Democrats, uh, they voted against financing the system. The bill passed by a margin of 411 votes. Shortly after casting her vote of present, New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio Cortez appeared to weep, an image that is being roundly mocked by supporters of the popular bill. David Ifun is the editor in chief at the Algaminer. He joins me to shed some light on the topic. David, good to see
3: you. Always a pleasure, Buck.
1: So just can we start with, so, so everyone knows you're the proper uh, context for our discussion. What is the situation of the Iron Dome? Why is it critical and why is the U.S. involved in funding it?
3: Well, the Iron Dome is a very, very sophisticated and advanced missile defense system. And the reason why it's so crucial for Israel and why the U.S. was a part of funding it was because certain territorial concessions that Israel made with the U.S. encouragement, like pulling out from the Gaza Strip and pulling out from southern Lebanon, for example, have created a scenario where terror groups have set up camp on Israel's borders. And what they do is from time to time build these massive... Missile arsenals and get increasingly becoming much more advanced missile arsenals, and from time to time they'll instigate, you know, a, a, a rocket assault on Israel's population. It happens in the south, it happens in the north, and there's concern that it can happen in other places as well. What the iron dome missile defense system does is it makes sure that as few of those missiles as possible, kill and hit civilian population centers kill innocent civilians in Israel. And that allows Israel to have a certain degree of strategic patience when it comes to dealing with terrorists, which is not always a good thing. But most importantly, it saves lives. It is purely a defensive technology. There is nothing at all whatsoever about it that is offensive. Now, Rashida Talib is
1: obviously very upset with this. Uh, here, here's what she had to say about Iron Dome funding for Israel.
0: I rise in opposition to this supplemental. I will not support an effort to enable and support war crimes, human rights abuses, and violence. We cannot be talking only about Israelis' need for safety at a time when Palestinians are living under a violent apartheid system and are dying from what Human Rights Watch has said are war crimes.
1: I just want to let you respond to the member of Congress, David.
3: Look, the 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 height the height of hypocrisy and falsehood there is just unfathomable that we'd see something like that in the halls of the United States Congress. I mean, she positions herself as some kind of humanitarian. Let me tell you something about these rockets, okay? They kill children. Okay. I want to read you something from earlier this year that a father said at the funeral of his five year old child that was killed by one of these rockets. He said, "Ido, Ido, Ido Avigal was the name of this young child, the face of innocence. He says, Edo, I want to apologize to you. I'm sorry I didn't protect you. I'm sorry I wasn't hit by shrapnel in your place. The other day you said to me, Dad, what will happen if there's a red alert siren and we're outside? I told you that as long as you're with me, you will be protected. I lied, right? Now, to come out in opposition to a technology that is aimed to save the lives of innocent children like this. She is a monster, a monster, Rashida Tlai. There is absolutely no justification for taking that insanely, fully immoral position. And 411 members of Congress agree. I don't know how she gets by in this country. She's an embarrassment to the United States.
1: If AOC, um, who was crying over this, which is pretty astonishing, so ashamed for her present vote. Why didn't she vote no like the other members of the squad? Any idea on that?
3: No no idea at all. It's just sort of draws a line under, I think, the the reason she's being mocked and the understanding that, you know, anyone with common sense that these are crocodile tears. You know, this is theater for her. You know, this is all fun and games. Let her spend a week living in southern Israel with these families, okay? Positioning, she's positioning herself as taking a moral stance when her stance is the height of of immorality. Um, If you are against the the funding for Iron Dome, the defensive system that protects innocent civilians in southern Israel, you are in favor of putting them in jeopardy and in favor of allowing terror groups to inflict harm and death on this population. It is an absolutely indefensible and immoral position. And she's, uh, she she, together with others who voted against this bill are a shame to the United States.
1: Here's an Ilhan Omar tweet, speaking of the squad. Don't sell arms to rights violators as other Democrats force the removal of $1 billion meant for Israel's Iron Dome air defense system. Quote, we sold 175 billion in weapons last year, more than anyone in the world, some of the worst human rights abusers in the world. Here's an idea, don't sell arms to anyone who violates human rights. That's what she said there. I mean, a spokeswoman, a spokesman for Omar claimed the tweet was not meant to accuse Israel of uh, committing human rights violations. Do you buy that,
3: David? Absolutely not. You know, Ilhan Omar is a repeat offender. Rashida Taleb is, is a repeat offender. And you know, to, to their credit, Uh, I saw Ted Deutsch called called out Rashida Tlaib last night in an unequivocal, in a a forceful and unequivocal fashion. And I've got to say, the majority of members of her own party recognize this. Unfortunately, there are some in the leadership of the party that keep covering for her and covering her back. You know, fool me, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Well, the leadership of the Democratic Party has now been fooled Probably a dozen times. Um, we've got to stamp this out. They've got to stamp this out for the sake of uh, the future of the party and the United States Congress. For God's sake, pay attention to the moderate minds in the party and those that have the experience and understand what's what, what's right, and 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 what's wrong. These these people and this this group are taking I- immoral positions. They're trying to undo you know, decades of United States foreign policy to undermine a vital and important relationship and ally of the United States. And they're doing it at the expense of innocent at civilians and an allied, of an allied population. It's shameful.
1: David, always appreciate your perspective, my friend. Good to see you. Likewise, Bob. Al Sharpton did not receive a warm welcome at the border as protesters heckled him during a presser. But hey, unlike our president and VP, at least he made the effort to get down there. We have that awkward moment coming up in Quick Hits. I want to tell you about My Digital Money. It seems like everybody wants to invest in crypto these days, Bitcoin, Ethereum, digital tokens all over the place, right? But how do you get started if you've never done it before? It's where My Digital Money comes in. It's a self-trading crypto IRA platform with top-tier customer service. They offer trigger orders to help you secure opportunities, a play money account so you can test the waters without risking actual money. It's a great way to get started. Crypto market's heating up again, so you deserve a team of dedicated professionals who have your back and speak to you honestly. That's My Digital Money. Go to MyDigitalMoney.com. Again, that's MyDigitalMoney.com. We'll be right back with Quick Hits. Train wreck unfolded on the set of The View, and according to a group of Arizona State students, Black Lives Matter, but police lives don't. You're not allowed to say otherwise. Let's get into it in quick hits. First of all, credit where it's due. Al Sharpton was willing to go down, to, at least he went in person to Del Rio, I'll say that, more than Kamala Harris or Joe Biden has done. But not everybody that saw the Reverend Al was super excited to see him. 40% of
4: you are that come in kind of Austin. are not missing kind from of the Kids are being
5: sedated at the U.S. border. Why are you not being a voice for
4: the children? From
5: Atlanta, Georgia, New Birth Baptist Church. Hayes, why are you scoping racism
4: where it doesn't exist? How much money are why are you trying to come and promote violence? Why are you here advocating for violence? Why are you here advocating for violence? Del Rio is not a racist city. Del Rio is a loving, caring community. We don't want your racism in Texas. Get out
1: of here. Not happy that the Reverend Dow is there. They've got a whole bunch of criticisms of him, which was interesting. Is The View the dumbest show on television? Tough one. Could be. Certainly that engages in political commentary of any kind. It's definitely high on the list. And the ladies of The View often, not all of them perhaps, but most of them, spend their time uh, shaming anybody who is unvaccinated and gets COVID, anybody who is a Trump voter, who you know, doesn't do what they're told by Dr. Fauci. I mean, it's a very pro eyed crowd there. And today they had an interview with Kamala Harris, again, the vice president. Plenty of time to go down to the U.S.-Mexico border. Um, no, actually, I'm sorry, not. Plenty of time to go to The View, but not the U.S.-Mexico border. Oh, interesting how that goes. But she was going to go speak to the ladies today, but there's a problem. Uh, on air, in real time, it seemed a little bit like this may have been... Um, I don't know if it would I mean, I'm sure they have COVID, but it seemed like the timing of this was meant for maximum impact, because here we are talking about it, right? Sonny Hostin and Anna Navarro, who are both vaccinated, by the way, found out in the middle of taping The View, or live View show today, uh, that they had COVID-19, and so they weren't going to be interviewing the vice president. Two
3: of
1: you to step off for a second. Okay.
3: Anna and and uh, and, and Sunny later have to okay. leave. Yeah.
1: Yes, and we'll tell you why. More information later. It's a tease. We'll ta- tell you why in a couple of minutes.
3: Since this is going to be a major news story any minute now, yeah. What happened is that uh, Sonny and Anna both apparently tested positive for COVID. No matter how hard we try, of uh, these things happen, they probably have a breakthrough case and they'll be okay, I'm sure, because they're both vaccinated up the wazoo. You know, a lot yeah. of vaccines.
1: Yeah. Uh, What does it mean to be vaccinated up the wazoo, by the way? I mean, I feel like you're either vaccinated or you're not. It seems like a strange thing to think about as more vaccinated than other people. But yeah, they they were both positive there. And it's so weird because doesn't Biden tell us all the time that you have a chance of one in 5,000 of a breakthrough case if you're vaccinated? And yet you you see these people. I mean, yeah, okay, there's 330 million people in America, but, you know, both. These hosts on The View just happen to come down with COVID and they're vaccinated. It seems kind of seems strange to me. But uh, nonetheless, this is what we're told. Obey or else, peasant. Speaking of obeying, you better use the right gender pronoun for somebody or else you're, at, you're actually going to get into trouble now in a whole bunch of places. A Pennsylvania university has recently threatened disciplinary action and could be taken against students who misuse classmates preferred gender pronouns misgendering continued misuse of an individual individual's pronouns or using individual's dead name after being informed of a chosen name could result in a violation of the policy on discrimination and harassment for gender-based discrimination if an individual is impacted in a harmful way action could be taken if a complaint is filed um so yeah you better call somebody remember there are preferred pronouns that are constantly changing things like the z and you know if you use they a plural for a singular individual that's a thing that you now have to be ready to do or else you might get in trouble because this is the insane world we have to live in now, now speaking of the insane world we live in now Arizona State college students confronted their some of their peers white peers who were studying in the library because one of them had a Police Lives Matter sticker on his computer. And this is how that exchange went.
2: What did I do wrong? You have a better- <laughs> You're, you're <laughs> offensive. <laughs> Police <laughs> Lives Matter?
1: You have the same <laughs> sticker. We're just trying to do school.
4: What? You guys have
2: the same sticker the other-
4: But this is our
2: space.
5: We've got a Police Lives Matter sticker and we're getting kicked out. Can't do school.
2: Nobody's you, you just said we have to leave. No, I said you're making this space you said uncomfortable. uncomfortable. But you're white. Do you understand what a multicultural space? It means you're not being centered. Is white's not a culture? No, No, it's not a culture. It's white is
0: not a culture. Say it again to the camera. You think whiteness is a.
1: I mean, this critical race theory stuff is just so toxic, isn't it? So stupid, too. That's it for tonight's Hold the Line. The no spin news of Bill O'Reilly is up next. Shields high.